Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. But for a radio audience tuning in here in Mississippi at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all could be with us. Also, sending in to online affiliates around the world, we're glad that you all could be with us as well. Well, I think all of us have marveled over the medical advancements that have happened over the years. But our next guest has spent a lot of time looking at something I think is so important for so many individuals, and that is rare diseases and help for them. And those drugs that are normally designed for those with rare diseases are called orphan drugs. So our next guest, James A. Garrity, has written a powerful book called Inside the Orphan Drug Revolution, The Promise of Patient-Centered Biotechnology. I love this book so much because it allows us to not only be able to see what has been done to help individuals, but also some of the individuals behind that work and the appreciation for them, their work, what they've been able to do, and then, of course, looking forward. We'll talk to James not only about the writing of the book, but also the conversations he wants to continue, not only for help for those with rare diseases, but also what all of us need to know about them and their impact on us. James, thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Cyrus. It's a pleasure to be with you here today. Oh, the pleasure is definitely all mine. James, and I meant what I said. Uh, this book was fascinating to me because, you know, I have over the years have done so many interviews and conversations with individuals who've dealt with uh, various diseases, rare diseases, what I now understand better thanks to your book, you know, what are called orphan diseases, but also the help that's been there. What has it been like for you, James, to be a part of this conversation, not only about help for those with rare diseases, but also how things have evolved over the years? Well, it's a great start, Cyrus, because it's been it's been a privilege to me, and it's been inspiring, actually. Uh, you know, I'm not a physician or a scientist, uh, but I've had the great pleasure to work with some of the best and the brightest of our of our times, uh, physicians, scientists, entrepreneurs, and what, what's so inspiring is, you know, it starts with the patients and the families, right? And families who have a loved one with a, you know, an often uh, crippling, uh, disabling disease, but they take it as a challenge. They don't take it as a they don't take it as a as a negative thing. They take it as a as a challenge to rise above, and and they attract you know these doctors and scientists to work with them and to find therapies and to see what they're trying to do and to be a small part of it. It's truly been a privilege. Yeah, and 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 I appreciate you saying that, James, for another reason because I I was telling a friend about about this book, and I said, don't worry, it does not read like a medical. <laughs> a medical book because I think that is the concern so many people have. Okay, sorry, that sounds great, but am I going to understand this? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. look, if I can understand it, I know you can understand it. So, so was that kind of part of the intent for you? Because some of this can get kind of complicated. Was that part of your hope to write it in a way, James, where the layperson like myself would be able to pick it up and to be able to see themselves and others in it? Very much so, Cyrus, absolutely so, because first of all, I think these people who've done this work and, and, and worked work these miracles, you know, they're heroes, and their stories deserve to be known and celebrated by, by all of us. Uh, mm-hmm. But secondly, one of the important things I try to explain in the book is, you know, sometimes people think genetic diseases run in families, and if you don't have one in your family, you don't need to worry about it. But the fact is, you know, these genetic diseases, they can strike any family at any birth. It's what somebody calls an unlucky roll of the genetic dice. And so every family should understand that these can strike 
at the birth of a of a child or a grandchild or a niece or a nephew and and people should understand they don't need to understand the science but they should understand where to go uh, if they need help and they should understand what we need to do to ensure that there are therapies for the many diseases for which there are not yet any treatments available yeah such a great point. And we hear about these rare diseases all the time, uh, James. We here in Mississippi, we just did a tribute uh, giving our flowers to Celine Dion after she you know, acknowledged being diagnosed with stiff person syndrome. And a lot of people are like, I've never heard of that before. I being one of those, those people, right? Uh, and, and I think, you know, for so many people, then you start looking at things. Okay, well, what kind of treatments available for these things? So how did it all begin for you? Because as you said, as you've been kind of able to see this over the years, what is it that made you say, James, you want to be able to write about these people, but also address some of these issues that they've been able to, to, to address? Well, you know, I, I say in the book, stumbled into the orphan drug revolution, and that's because you know, I started my career working in business as a consultant, advising a lot of companies, and, and they were all good people and good companies, and, but they were all about trying to, uh, you know, to, to make money, which was a fine thing to do, but it, wasn't, it, it didn't inspire me. And then I, I started working with a company that was working on therapies for a rare genetic disease. It was actually hemophilia was the first one back in the early 1980s. And seeing the impact that that had on people's lives and how it transformed lives and took children who otherwise would have died young or lived a life of disability and gave them a, a normal, healthy life, that was so inspiring that I thought that that would be something that would be you know, inspiring to be part of for the rest of my career. And it was. Yeah, and, and, and like I like you said, and, and one, one thing I appreciate is getting to know some of these individuals. And and, and I, we hear the saying unsung heroes all the time, James. Some of these individuals, honestly, I wouldn't know anything about, but they've been able to do remarkable work. Talk to us about that for you. What was it like for you to profile some of these individuals, where they came from, which was also fascinating, but also what they have been instrumental in being a part of when it comes to, to this biotechnology? Yeah, they are unsung heroes, unsung except by those whose lives have been touched by them. I mean, I'll, I'll give you know some yeah. examples, maybe bring it to life. I'll give you one example of somebody I describe in the book, a, a physician scientist named Roscoe Brady, who worked at the National Institutes of Health in Washington. And he was studying a disease called Gaucher disease that was that had been diagnosed in France, you know, over 100 years earlier, but nobody knew how to treat it. And Roscoe spent uh, over 30 years, 40 years studying this disease and trying to understand it and trying to figure out how you could develop a, a therapy for it. And he, he worked for years to understand it. Finally, he figured out how to make it work, figured out how to get the product. They could treat the disease, got, got companies to help him make the product. And finally, after, you know, 30 years of effort, got a drug approved by the FDA and it, it saved the life of the first child in the first trial. And it's gone on to save thousands of lives and patients with Gaucher disease ever since. Oh, amazing. amazing. And, and I'll, that's tell one, the thing. I'll tell you one more story I'm, I'm about that trial. I'll tell oh, you one sure, more story sure. about that trial. Sorry, it's in terms of miracles that you'll enjoy. This will help your readers understand how miraculous some of these, some of these studies really are. You know, that was a trial. There were seven patients in that trial, and six of them were adults, and the trial failed. The drug didn't work in all six of those adults. And one was a child, a three-year-old boy, whose mother had insisted that he be in the trial, and the drug worked in that child, and everybody, nobody could understand why, and then they figured out it was all a matter of, you know, the dose depended on how much patients weighed, and it was only when they understood that they had the dose wrong, and they figured out the right dose for the child, 
that they were able to figure out how they could get the right dose so that it could work for all the adults too. Amazing. Amazing. I, I thought about as you were talking there about some of the examples, one of them being John Crowley, who I have to say, again, before reading this book, James, and again, that's why this book I think is so important, I, I was not familiar with him personally, uh, did not know anything about his story, but he's another individual, right, who's been able to go and be able to do amazing things. And, and I think it, a lot of it goes to another point, James, and you have been able to really show this in the book Inside the Orphan Drug Revolution as well, and that is the why. Because because all of these individuals, like the one you just told about, they all have a why. They have a reason why this is important for them. What was that like for you to see how that passion kind of kept them on track but also kept them from giving up? Yeah, no, John's a good example. John's a good friend. And as you, as you read in the book, you know, John was a Harvard Business School graduate who had a job with a big pharmaceutical company, was a kind of a rising star on track to become a senior executive. And then uh, his children were diagnosed with a rare genetic disorder called Pompeii disease. And he quit his job at that big pharma company, and he went to a small place in Oklahoma where a scientist had started developing a way to treat that disease, Pompeii disease. And John ultimately built, helped him build the company around that. He joined Genzyme Corporation, the company where I worked for many years, and we worked together for many years. And, and John is still today at the, at the company he's at today, Amicus Therapeutics, still working on developing therapies for Pompe disease to benefit his children and all the other children with Pompe disease around the world. Yeah, it is powerful. You know, James, unfortunately we cannot have a conversation like this without talking about, unfortunately, some of the negativity that has been around and a, a topic like um, orphan drugs when it comes to those dealing with rare, rare um, diseases, and that, of course, being the cost. And you address this head-on in Chapter 15 of the book, The Challenge of Affordability. Talk to us about that because I think it is one of those things that comes up, right, when it comes to the price. And people, you know, are thinking, you know, okay, there's no way that I will be able to benefit from something like that. I just cannot afford it. What is what was that like for you? Why having this conversation to explain the why when it comes to cost, but also the opportunities that were still there? Exactly right, Cyrus. I don't think it's unfortunate at all. I, I think this is a very important topic for us to discuss. As you say, I address it directly in the book. And it's complex in some ways, but I'll, I'll try to keep it simple for, you know, for your listeners. The bottom line is 95% of all people in America today have some form of health insurance, private insurance, Medicare, Medicaid, you know, Obama exchanges. And for the 5% who don't, companies will make drugs available under what are called patient assistance programs. And any drug approved by the FDA, by the food, Federal Food and Drug Administration, is required to be covered by insurance. So the issue, you know, you hear about drugs, some of these drugs cost $100,000, $200,000 a year, but no patient pays that. That's why we have insurance. That's exactly why we have all of these insurance systems. So what matters to patients and families, and what people should really understand, is what people pay out of pocket is what their insurance policy charges them in terms of co-pays and deductibles. And it's really the fact that those continue to rise that people need to be focused on, and that's what's needed to ensure that patients can have affordable access to drugs as fair insurance policies that cover the cost of these drugs. Yeah, and I think that is it. And, and this has always been, I have to say, James, not only need any prescription drugs for myself, but I was a caregiver for my grandmother for almost a decade who was on, I mean, a lot of medication. 
and my mother I'm now helping to helping her with her um, different responsibilities and she's on a lot of medication but I I will say and I've said to people too as someone who is is kind of outside the bubble of all of this that you know my thankfully my family has not been someone who hasn't been able to get the medication they need because of pricing or that kind of thing but I do I do appreciate what you just said and also what you say in the book and that is that Look, you know, for the majority of people, I think it really is about realizing what is what is available to them, what is covered, and then looking at the pricing that way. And I love that you said that, yes, when they think about a price, it's not necessarily what they're paying. You know, So for, the, for you in this book, it seemed like for me as a reader, James, there are two things that kind of stood out to me. One, the advancements that have been made to help those that are sometimes forgotten about, quite honestly, I believe, because a lot of us don't even know a lot of the diseases that, that like a lot of them in the book, I'd never heard of before, right? But then I think, too, the importance of the work continuing. I want to talk about that aspect for a moment, because, yes, a lot has been done, but even as you say in the latter part of the book, there's still more to do. So talk to us about what you hope the book does in that regard, James, and yes, profiling those who are making a difference now, but also realizing what is still needed. Yeah, no, there's still a lot more to be done. There are 7,000 rare diseases and most still lack therapy. And what needs to be done, you know, you can look at it in two sides. The first side is what needs to be done scientifically and medically. And there we have new technologies like gene therapy and gene editing that offer the promise of treating some of these diseases with a one-time treatment that will last a lifetime. And there's a tremendous amount of research and clinical trials going on around those today. The other side is what we talked about earlier is the, you know, the access and the, and the, and the reimbursement side. And there, you know, what's important is that people don't get kind of seduced by these calls that politicians funded by the insurance industry keep promulgating to, you know, reduce drug prices and cap drug prices because the only thing that will do is turn away investment. So there'll be no in investment in new innovation and new, new cures. And as a result, there won't be treatments for those diseases that are untreated. So people need to understand those and stay aware of that as well as they support the scientists and the physicians working on the cures. You have seen both sides of this, James. You've seen the advancements, but you also have seen the challenges. What is it that keeps you wanting to move forward and being a part of not only, of course, the availability uh, of opportunities for people living with rare diseases, but also spotlighting those that are making a difference? What is it that keeps you moving forward with this work? You know, it's it's inspiring to be part of it, and I it, you feel a sense of responsibility. You know, we all want to try to make the world a better place somehow. And when uh, when you meet the, the families and the patients with these diseases who are working so hard to live with them and then to try to find a way to make them better, and then you meet the physicians and the scientists who are working on, on treating a therapy, you say, well, I have to do whatever I can to try to help, you know, get one to the other. And that sense of responsibility of, you know, being able to feel like I've been able to contribute in some small way to a positive, you know, change in the world. I mean, that, that's so rewarding, and I'm, I'm so fortunate myself to have been able to be, be part of it, and, and, and so many other people are as well. So what is your hope also when people finish inside the orphan drug revolution? Again, I want to mention the subtitle, The Promise of Patient-Centered Biotechnology. When they finish reading the book, really taking the time to look at these examples, James, and those individuals that are helping and keeping the work moving forward, what do you hope the book does for them? 
Well, I think I think of that maybe in two ways. I think there are, you know, family members who I hope will understand and be able to deal with this in their own families. Uh, but then I think there's also, I hope, a group of young people out there, another generation coming along who are wondering, you know, what can they do and can they make an impact and how, and that they can see that these other, you know, this earlier generation that took on, you know, challenges that people said couldn't be solved and things that couldn't be done, and they found a way working together with other people, you know, combining their talents with other people trying to do the same things, that they were able to make an incredible contribution. And I hope that, you know, another generation of scientists, physicians, entrepreneurs, and, you know, young people working in these situations will also be inspired to continue to do that for the next generation. Yeah. What's well, an important book, important work you've been involved in, James. Thank you so much again for writing this book, for shining a spotlight on this, but also for the time today. Again, Inside the Orphan Drug Revolution, The Promise of Patient-Centered Biotechnology is available through our friends at Amazon.com. You all can get it there. It's also published by Cold Spring Harbor Laboratory Press as well. You can find them online. Uh, James, where can our audience go to stay connected with you? Uh, the easiest way to find the book or me is to just go to the website, orphandrugrevolution.com. All right. Well, James, thank you again for the time. I appreciate you working with us to make this conversation happen. and looking forward to speaking with you again. Uh, Cyrus, thank you very much. It was a great interview. I enjoyed it. I hope your listeners appreciated it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Definitely want to give a special thank you to Lisa Warren uh, for setting up this chat with us for today. Uh, we had some challenges at another point when uh, James was supposed to join us for a live interview. We had some tech issues, but he was very gracious to be able to reschedule with us, and Lisa was very instrumental in helping to set that up. And we definitely thank you, our audience, on the radio side here in Mississippi at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, and also those tuning in to our online affiliates as well. Thank you so much for joining us for another great segment of Conversations live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Let's go make today amazing. Take care.